Hi guys, welcome back. Welcome back. So, for this week's episode... So we had an idea for we, this week's episode, we and we found out... We wanted to do something different. Uh, we found out it was more painful for us than it was worth. <laughs> so we opted against it. Uh, yeah. Do you want to tell them what the plan was, or should we just let it die? So, so the plan was... For both of us to watch the first three episodes of a series that neither of us was really interested in this yeah. season. And then talk about that. And then roast it. So basically we just wanted to watch a bad anime and then talk about why it was a bad anime. But the problem is that it's not even necessarily a bad anime so much as it is a generic slog fest of an anime. <laughs> Yeah, so so we had watched the first episode previously mm-hmm. because it was like at the beginning of the season. We just kind of try to watch everything else. Yeah. So so we just started it off on the second episode, and I remember after the second episode finished, I just kind of turned to you and I was like, holy fuck, that was only one episode. I started to feel that with the third episode, it brought up the little halfway title card, and I'm just like, what do you mean this isn't the end? Yeah, it was, it just dragged on. It was so long. (laughs) I described it as like, it's not really bad, but it's like, imagine the two most boring people on the planet sitting across from each other at a table... And they're wearing khaki suits, and they're talking about toast. It's not necessarily that they're offensive or wrong. They're just... You don't want to watch it. It's just painful to watch. Yeah, so... Unfortunately, uh, because it was so bland and painful, we didn't really have enough to talk about with it. I was hoping it would be bad. Because if it was bad, I know. we could talk about it. I know. you. I remember you... While we were watching it, you turned to me and you're just like, I wish I could even say something bad about the writing or animation or anything. Yeah, it's just boring. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they didn't even animate the one guy talking. He just had a beard. Yeah. That's, that's all he needed was a beard. That's That was the budget. Yeah. So uh, do you want to say what this show was? Uh, No, we'll leave it at that. We'll let people guess okay <laughs> but i mean it, it did it did have uh uh isekai asuna yeah it did have rip off asuna. rip off asuna yeah because asuna was already part of an isekai she was already isekai asuna I- isekai isekai yep so and so we're gonna kind of do a two-parter thing with two different anime that i've been really big this year but not a lot of people are talking about either one, surprisingly. And they fall in very similar genres, but are very, like, vastly different. So, this will kind of be like, what, listen to both episodes. Listen this week and then yes, listen next week. Yes, this will be this week and next week. So, even though normally two different anime would be their own very separate episodes that wouldn't be connected, I do want to kind of do a bit of a comparison at the end of next week's episode between this and the anime we'll be talking about next week. So yeah, uh, we won't penalize you guys for not listening to both, but it's better if you do. 
So this week's episode will be focused on the first anime we want to go over, because it's the one that Tyler's caught up on, and that is Carol and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So we binge-watched this, and we're technically not caught up. We're only caught up as far as you can legally be caught up in the U.S. Yes. Uh, so. So, so this one came out, uh, I mean, I think it's still airing right now. It's still airing, yeah. But Netflix has now released the first half. Yes. So they released the first 12 episodes. Um, honestly, I thought it would take them longer to release that. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I wasn't anticipating seeing this until fall season or until 2020, at least. Yeah. Uh, so we did talk a little bit about the negatives of the binge watch culture surrounding Netflix last week. We talked a little bit about it. And I, just thinking about it, just sitting down and kind of processing everything, I kind of feel like binging this show almost hurts it. Like, normally binge watching something usually doesn't have a negative impact on a series because most of the time when an anime episode leaves off, the next episode will pick up in the same spot. Or if, it has a nice breathing area. It'll pick up, like, maybe, like, a few days or a few hours later after the last episode. But the pacing is always designed to where you can watch multiple episodes in a row and not feel like you're missing out on anything. Carol and Tuesday, I noticed, did something very unique with its week-to-week episode pacing, where each episode kind of feels like its own standalone story until we get to the concert television show portion of the show in in which case it almost turns into like american idol or america's got talent or you know that kind of thing and what's even more interesting is if you pay attention to each of the storylines and even to the american idol like part of the show each episode takes place within about a week difference so like when they first audition for the show they're told You'll find out the results in a week. The next episode is a week later. And then the first, like, day of the show takes place in that episode. They do, like, the entire day in one episode. They're like, this show will continue again next week. Yeah. And so each episode is a, like, week-long interval. Or we have a period where we're not interacting with the characters for, like, you know, six to five days. And I think that that was done intentionally with the purpose of the show being something that somebody would watch seasonally. That you would watch the episode, and a week later you would come back, and it kind of felt like the world of the show was moving at the same pace as the real world. Which is a very, very interesting way to do a show. I can't think of another show that paces its episodes that way. So because of that, I think that the binge watching of this show kind of broke that illusion for me yeah um like even high school you know slice of life anime you know mm-hmm. while while obviously it's it's taking the span of usually around one school year mm-hmm. it's it's not that same format of like every week like like it'll be sometimes the next day between episodes or sometimes even you know months later yeah so so i can i can see where you're coming from on that yeah and i think the interesting thing about it is that if you do 
somehow managed to watch this show from week to week, you tend to forget a lot of the same things that the characters did. Like, you forget the feelings you had at the end of the last episode. And I noticed the characters are very much the same way. Like, uh, for example, and already we're getting into a major spoiler here, uh, there is an episode where Tuesday is basically kidnapped. And at the end of the episode, Carol is extremely heated over this and was willing to jump on the vehicle to try to stop them. But then at the beginning of the next episode, she kind of has this attitude like, well, I guess Tuesday's not coming back. What a selfish brat, you know, like. Yeah, and and that's like a major thing. But there's also, I remember, like, there's there's that one point where, where uh, you know, Carol mentions something like, hey, like, what what are we going to do? We need to, you know, make make money so we can pay rent, you know, whereas mm-hmm. when they first started off, it was more of a like, hey, I just want to create the music. Yeah. You know, so so it was like they they almost forgot that they just wanted to play music together. Yeah. So I think going through the series as quickly as we did, we tend to feel like these characters are a bit like bipolar or that their emotions just go from one range to the other too quickly. Where if you do have that week break where it's like you're watching other anime or you're going to your day job or you're dealing with life the same way the characters are, your emotions are going to be different in in like six days than they were before. I'm sorry about the noisy dogs. Yeah, apologize. (laughs) (laughs) So that is really my only criticism of the show. And again, I think that would have actually been a really brilliant tactic had we been given this anime seasonally. And simulcast, as opposed to Netflix being like, okay, here's 12 episodes, you have fun with that, digest it. Have fun, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, I'm not saying the binge culture is bad. No. I just, I don't think it matches this show. Yeah, I, I absolutely think that this was the wrong platform for this show. Which is a shame, because... Netflix did have a part in producing it, but it's not a Netflix original show, and it gets so much credit as being a Netflix original show. Yeah. Also, I really dislike Netflix's automatic, like, OP skip. One, because I really liked the OP for Carol and Tuesday, and we never got to see it, except for once. Yep. And two... It kept freezing the show. It kept freezing the show. Like, we'd, we'd watch it, and Netflix would be... It'd, it'd be playing sound, but, like, there wouldn't be any frame advancement. Yeah. Until it went to, like, a new scene. In which case, then it would just open up to the new scene, and there would be no movement, but there'd be sound. So it's like we had to pause it, go back to the beginning, mm-hmm. restart it, and it was, like, it was a terrible buffering bug is what i'm gonna call it yeah some shows on netflix give you the option to skip or you could just choose to watch for some reason and i don't know if this is your account settings or something but this particular show just automatically skipped it no it usually gives me the option to skip ops yeah so i don't know why it was just automatically doing it with this show but it was really annoying yeah so i mean netflix has been known to do like internal tests mm-hmm. without everyone knowing like they'll just do it to random customers so maybe yeah and i know uh the same thing happened with devil man crybaby too where it automatically skipped the op yeah so i don't know like i said it i don't know if it's your account or if it's just 
anime in particular or select shows. I love her alarm clock. I love her alarm clock. Oh my god. Carol has the best alarm clock. Okay, we can stop shitting on Netflix for a minute and just talk about the AI in this show. (laughs) Right? So, let's talk about the plot just a little bit to get people who haven't seen Carol on Tuesday kind of into the show. So, So the plot is it uh, takes place on Mars. Yes, it takes place in the future on Mars. In the future on Mars. Um, I am assuming there's some sort of war or something going on because Carol mentions she's a refugee from Earth. Yeah. So, so I think there's something going on there. Yeah, so we don't know what's happening on Earth, but yeah, we do know that a lot of people who come from Earth tend to have, like, a bit more tragic stories to them. And the people that grew up on Mars tend to be a little bit more in, like, the rich area. Yeah. Like, a lot of them seem to be doing well for themselves. Exactly. We don't really see a lot of, like, the slums or the, like, too much of the poor area in Mars aside from the Earth refugees. Like, the very first episode, we do see a kid uh, stealing some fruit. And then Carol basically, like, tells him, like, get a job and pay for it yourself. Yeah. And we're even told that the economy is kind of weird in this show because most jobs are handled by AI. And there's very few jobs that are handled by people. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of amazing that there is, like, an economy at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, for reals. It kind of just seems like you're either from Earth or you're rich. <laughs> yeah um and and it even mentions like you said that the ai controls just about everything like even in their their talent competition you know uh one of the major plot points is that one of the contestants has ai you know writing all of her songs all, all of them do except for carol and tuesday yeah carol so, and tuesday so are the that's, only that's... competitors that are not using ai to write their songs yeah and but it seemed like some of them wasn't purely ai mm-hmm. written like maybe there was some human influence but the one girl was like strictly ai yeah well she's using the latest fanciest ai but one of the big things mentioned in the very beginning is that nobody writes their own songs anymore yeah. That if you want to make it in the music industry, you have AI write the music and you become a personality. Y- yes. Uh, you have algorithm write your music. <laughs> the return of algorithm. The return of algorithm. <laughs> but that's why all of the contestants in this series all have very unique personalities and something that makes them stand out because... That's all you can be as a musician in this world is just somebody that is unique. You either have some heartbreaking story where everybody's like, "Oh, I love them because they're they're so God, sad. They're so tragic. They just they have a lot of emotion." Or there's somebody that like the two old men who sing death metal or <laughs> the Instagram star who Decided to be a singer, and he's very, very, like, J-pop. Pyotr. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's basically an idol boy. He does, like, all the typical idol boy dances that, like, make every girl go crazy. 
And he even does things like, even though he's in a no recording area, he's still updating his Instagram to his followers because he's going to break the rules because that's what makes him unique. Yeah, so if I knew him in person, I'd probably hate him. But mm-hmm. as a character, I kind of like him. I really liked him. You know? So, so, so he's he. I think he's a good character. Yeah. Uh, I think probably plus, one... Plus, admittedly, he's pretty good at singing. He's also pretty good at dancing. Yeah. Like, I know it's your stereotype, like, oh, pulled the jacket. Yeah, J-pop boy yeah. dancing, but I like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I am not ashamed to say that I like it. It's so generic, and I shouldn't like it, but I do. <laughs> You, you, we just mentioned earlier that we couldn't watch a show because it was generic. It's entertainingly generic, though. <laughs> like, it feels like the animators on this show looked up every single Idol Boy concert in existence and just culminated them all together into one character. And it works so well. But the thing that makes Carol and Tuesday stand out is even though they, as personalities, they're fairly bland. They don't stand out. They're not crazy. They're not wild. They're, they don't have some shtick. They're normal human beings. Yeah. But they write their own songs. Yes. And they're not doing it because they're just like, oh, we're going to change the world by writing our own music. They're just kind of like, we can't afford AI. Like... We're two the broke clo- girls. <laughs> the closest thing to an AI I have is my alarm clock pet. Yeah, they're like, we don't have sponsors. We don't have people sending us money. We, we're we not rich. We, you know, one's an earth refugee and one is rich, but she can't use any of her family's money. She has the fancy black card with no limits. But she can't use it. But she can't use it. Yeah, so they're just like, we we can't afford to get into the music industry the way everybody else did. So we're just doing what we can. Yeah. We're, we're getting by on our own. And straight up, like, I like that idea that they're not, like, judgmental of anything. They're just like, and they're not like, we're better because we have sold. They're just... Kind of just like we just wanted to write music. They're, yeah, they're just like what we we just like music. We wanted to write. We we found each other. We wanted to yeah make music. We didn't think this was gonna snowball the way it did. Yeah. Uh, something that's also very interesting is kind of the aspect of AI writing music in the first place, uh, because something that's actually becoming more and more common both in the Western music industry, but especially in the Japanese music industry, is that most singers and performers do not write their music. Yeah, it's usually written by a team. Yeah, either a team or specifically a composer. Like, it's gone to the point where composers have kind of become, like, the soul of the song, and the singers have become the face of the song. And that's kind of how this show approaches music as well, where, again, the singers are all performers. They are putting on a performance in front of everybody. And while they still love the music and while they can still connect to the music and perform it really well, ultimately, the composers are the ones who do the work. Yeah, some people connect to the music a little more than others. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of Japanese singers don't feel ashamed about this. Like, here in the West, if you hear, like oh, this popular singer didn't even write their own song. It's considered, like, such a negative thing. Like, big singers here in the West constantly try to hide the fact that they don't write their own music. It's 
even if people are aware of it, they try to kind of sweep that image under the rug. They're just kind of like the composers are just like, yeah, they don't exist. They're just nameless beings that exist. Where in Japan, they really embrace that idea. Like, yeah, like, like uh, even here in America, there were there's there's some like popular artists that. Uh, what's, like they they have done uh like they started off writing their own songs. Yeah. And then after as time went by, it seemed like they they were they would mention less and less that they wrote their songs. Mm. So it's it's it seems as though they're getting stuff written for them. Yeah. Like a really good example would be like Toxic from Britney Spears where we think of Toxic, we think Britney Spears. And it's a well-known fact that she didn't write that song. But I bet you anything, without looking it up on the internet, you could not tell me who wrote that song. Nope, sure couldn't. Like, the actual writer of that song is, again, it's a nameless, faceless being that just exists within the music industry to make Britney Spears look great. And that song is so iconic. Even today, like, people, everybody knows Toxic. Yeah, um, and and it e- it's even gotten to the point where writers will even write some of their songs for a specific artist. Like, yeah, like they'll they'll be like, "I wrote this song. I want this person to sing it." You know, and again, they'll remain nameless. Yeah, like, uh, but in Japan, composers are almost as big as the singers themselves. Uh, One of my favorite examples, and this is just because I'm a weeb and most of the Japanese music I listen to either comes from anime or they work in the anime industry, uh, would be Sawano. And he's done an insane amount of composing for a lot of anime and a lot of big name artists. Like he's worked with Lisa, who did the OP for uh, Demon Slayer. He's worked with TM Revolution. He's done a lot of work with DM Revolution. <laughs> like, I think half of TM Revolution's songs are written by Sawano. Uh, I think name a big, like, celebrity in Japan who sings, and Sawano has worked with them at least once. Yeah. Um, so, so from my impression, I believe Elton John was one of the few people who got really well known without writing his own songs. Yeah. Like, he had a partner who would write all of the lyrics for his songs, and then just hand them off to Elton John, and Elton John would write the music and sing it. Yeah, so I really like the fact that Carol and Tuesday has taken that same idea of how the music industry works, but the AIs are the ones that end up with the credit. Like, we even see in the singing competition that one of the celebrity guest judges is Is an an AI. AI. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, so that AI... Reminds me of the the toy robot dog. Those poochies? That was, yes, that, <laughs> that popped up everywhere in like had, the early 2000s. I had a poochie and a meowchie. <laughs> and like 20 Furbies. <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. I loved poochie. <laughs> Stupid poochie. But yes, I absolutely they, agree. They were uh, amusing, but like, I just thought they were dumb. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the AI is absolutely uh, futuristic Poochie. <laughs> Those might be making a comeback, actually. Uh, you know, 
I think if they did more than just bark and make obnoxious noises, <laughs> I could like them more. But yes. it seemed like when they came out, all they did was bark and make obnoxious noises. It's true. They they were uh, just three D neo pe- or Tamagotchis. That's what they were. Yeah. But <laughs> I loved my Tamagotchis too. I mean, I liked Tamagotchis. At least with a Tamagotchi, made a you could. They did. Yeah. At least with Tamagotchis, you could play games with them. Yeah. So. Kind of getting back into the plot of Carol and Tuesday, uh, we start the show off meeting Tuesday, who we mentioned is a rich girl, and yeah, she's... The, the 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 it opens up with her climbing out her window from her glorious McMansion. Yes, and she's running away from home, and we get to see just how little she understands of the world outside her room, as the thing she takes with her is her suitcase, which is powered by AI. Which and is it adorable. follows her. And then her guitar. Yep. I think my favorite part of that opening scene is when she's walking up a hill and she gets the idea to just ride her suitcase up the hill. Which she gets, she I would gets... absolutely do the same thing. Yeah, for reals. And she gets to the top of the hill and the AI dies. So she has <laughs> to runs, drag runs it. runs out of batteries, so she now has to walk with it and <laughs> drag it along. Yeah. Which, which I... is great. <laughs> And then she ends up in the wrong, or she ends up buying the wrong ticket for her train ride, and she ends up in the cargo area. <laughs> Not even cargo. I think she ends up in the livestock area. Yeah. Because she's sitting there writing in her journal, and a goat just comes and eats one of the pages. Yeah. And then she finally gets off the train in the city, and her luggage is stolen. <laughs> yes, the... I love that. Which later, like, three episodes later, the luggage come back, comes back. Right? It finds her. It finds her. And that's the best <laughs> part, is, like, how can you imagine having luggage that you lose that just shows back up one day? Like, you keep leaving food out for it, and someday it comes back. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, she ended up running away from home, which is the reason she can't use her black card, because... She doesn't want her mom or because her brother she, to find her. Because if she uses it, then it's easy for her mom to track it. Yeah. And obviously it's not hers. They mention, like, hey, don't you have an allowance? And she's like, no, my mom just gave me this. And she, like, shows the black card. And it's like, <laughs> whoa! Yeah, so... Yeah. So it's it's implied that, like, she she's so rich that her parents don't even really... They're not concerned with how much money their daughter spends. Yeah. So, but all she wants to do is play music. She admires her favorite celebrity, Jewel, and she's come all the way to the city to start the same way that she did. And I think it is implied that Jewel also writes her own music. Yeah. So. Uh, Then we also get to meet Carol, who is, as we mentioned, she's an Earth refugee who basically got really lucky and found a like nice little place to live but she does have to make rent so she's working from part-time job to part-time job at mcgronald's i mean that's not what it's called in this world but yeah she doesn't really get to keep her part-time jobs for long because she tends to have a bit of a short temper okay but to be fair on her part with that job that one guy's an asshole. Yeah, both like, guys were assholes. Like, like the one guy, I can understand, okay, you're a dick, but customers are dicks. Yeah. But then the other guy, he's like, 
I'll have a burger and a side of you. Yeah, and she's like, this isn't that kind of establishment. And he's like, ugly girl talk. <laughs> right? So, fuck that guy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so she, like, uh, puts, like, hot sauce or horseradish or something on their burgers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Take that. Your cat has a bad case of the zoomies today. I know, today. he's going crazy right uh, now. We keep, like, every now and again, I start a sentence and I hear the claws just... Digging into the digging carpet as he runs me. past you. Like, it's like a freaking rocket ship. I know. Normally he runs, like, back and forth once and he's done. He did that, like, five times. And, he, and he's not using his teleport powers. <laughs> so, yeah, uh... We also see probably one of my favorite scenes is she gets a job because, again, like humans don't usually work jobs in this world. So a lot of the jobs they have are kind of odd. And one particular odd job she gets is she's being paid by a dead rich guy to basically (laughs) mourn at his funeral. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So that one's great because she's talking (laughs) to like one of her, I guess, co-workers. Yeah. Well, you could say. And he's just straight up says, he's like, yeah, ham it up. Yeah. You and know? we see him, like, go nuts. He's, like, f- <laughs> like waterfall tears screaming, why? He's like, why? They took you so soon. <laughs> he's just making this huge show of it. And then he tells her, like, you know, dig into your past. Dig into things that make you sad. And she's trying to think. And she's like, what makes me sad? And she's like. I guess being bullied as a kid, and it, like, shows a flashback of her as, like, a child, and she's like, I guess I was the bully. Yeah. And so she, and so, really- so she just, like, starts cackling in the, front of the What the makes her laugh coffin. is that she looks over at the priest, and there's a butterfly on his head, and it makes her lose her shit, so she's laughing right in front of this dead guy. So she loses that job. Yeah. But did she get paid for that job? <laughs> I hope so. I liked that because it kind of gives us a bit of a glimpse into her character and a little bit of her backstory without shoving it down our throats. Like, oh, my childhood was so rough because I don't even know where my parents are and I'm a refugee and I came from an orphanage and everything was so hard. It says she's just kind of like, huh, I guess I don't really think about my past that much. Like, it just kind of happened. Like, yeah, I used to be a kid and now I'm not and now I have to work, you know? Yeah. I just want to write music. Exactly. And so I really like the bit of contrast between Carol and Tuesday in that sense that Tuesday, she has it very easy, but because of that, she feels like her story is a bit like, woe is me. Like, my mom doesn't get me because she's a politician. My, my mom doesn't get me. She doesn't want she, me to write music. She and... doesn't She doesn't let me do the things I want. And, and to an extent, that is entirely true. Yeah, it, it's not that she's making shit up, but it feels like a lot of her problems feel a bit more first world problems. And it feels like she is so focused on her problems that she kind of ends up being the center of attention because of it. Where Carol actually does have bad shit happen to her in her past and she's like, I don't know, like, I guess, I guess that happened. I don't really think about it that much. Yeah. And, like, one point in the show, like, the judges ask her, like do you think your parents are still out there? And if they're watching the show, what would you want to say to them? And she's just kind of like, I never thought about that. I never thought about it. I guess I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, that was one of my favorite moments of the show, too, was just her line, I'm here. Yeah. Because that's basically how she feels. She's not sad. 
she's not, it's not even necessarily that she's indifferent. It's just that she's like, hey, if you want to be a part of my life, can be a part of my life. Yeah, it's, that's, that's how I felt like it was. It was more of, it wasn't so much like, hey, come find me. Yeah. You know, it was just like, I'm right here. If, if you want, here I am. Yeah, like, I will welcome you with open arms, but I don't be obligated to come find me. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I like that. I really like about that about Carol. And there is one point where Tuesday kind of, like, it hits her. Like, I'm not the one with problems. Like, yeah, I have problems, but Carol's the one with real problems. <laughs> She's like, why am I the one who's always said? And even, like, when Carol tries to express, like, her feelings and, like, the issues she's going with or going through, like, if this doesn't work out, I could lose my apartment. I could lose the lifestyle that I'm used to. I'll have to go back to part-time jobs. We might not be able to write music again. And Carol actually starts, like, genuinely panicking about her future. And Tuesday turns it around, like... Well, my family didn't come look for me. And it's... That really bothered me. Yeah. Like, like Tuesday makes it about her. Yeah, which then... Then she is does really, get... Which is really awkward because, like, not more than ten seconds after she says that, all of a sudden, her bodyguards, like... Tuesday, we found you. And they kidnap her. And they kidnap her. <laughs> and then she does have a real problem. Yeah. Like, that's the point of the show where I felt like, okay, like, Tuesday actually genuinely has problems now. Her mom is kind of in, like, that evil stepmother. She's, she's kind of a controlling bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, straight up, I, I like the contrast between the two characters. Uh, when Tuesday does have an issue, it's big. Like, it is, like, being kidnapped big. Uh, or having a stalker big. Yeah, that was creepy. But then Carol's problems are all a bit more like in her past and or things that we deal with all the time. Like, I have to work to pay my rent. But she treats it as like, that's just life. Yeah, like, what What am I going to do? Like, that's just how it is. It is yeah. what it is. It is what it is. So I think that dynamic works really, really well for both of them and surprisingly the character with the probably biggest problems and the one whose past and backstory is the most interesting is the rival character yeah no no she's the one that has like everything about her done by ai yeah and i can't even remember her name yeah i can't think of it right now either actually but, it'll come to us but yeah she she was cool and the, like she had like a child she was a child star mm-hmm you know, or a child model or whatever. Yeah, she was basically an idol. And and now she wants to break into the music industry. Yeah, and the reason is because her mother basically has told her, like, her mother was a child star. And once she hit a certain age, she was no longer a star. Like, she went from being a household name to, like, what even happened to that person? Nobody talks about her anymore. And so she tells her daughter, she's like, that same thing's gonna happen to you unless we find a way to fix it. We, we need to make you relevant again. Yeah. So, at the, the very first episode, we see that she's doing things like soda commercials and things <laughs> yes. that she's not happy doing just so <sighs> she could stay in the spotlight. 
So, so the commercial soda commercial she's doing is for durian soda. Yeah. Would you drink durian soda? This show makes it look really refreshing, but no, I would not drink durian soda. I mean, from my understanding is durian tastes good. It's the smell most people can't get over. So maybe it wouldn't so, smell. So maybe if, if they're able to harness the flavor of durian without harnessing the scent of durian, mm-hmm. I could drink it. But yeah. Yeah, uh, straight up. This show makes durian soda look really refreshing. Right? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this character, we even kind of see, like, she lives on her own, and she kind of has, like, her own, like, little penthouse apartment, and she has, like, the most annoying AI ever. Yeah, but, like, she... Angela! That's Angela, what, yeah. that's it. But, like, she she doesn't seem to even really care for her apartment. Like, yeah. Like... I think somewhere it mentions as as it's like screening through her room or whatever she's she's talking about how she just kind of has all the stuff in there from when she was growing up like no, it's not No, uh that's that's her uh bedroom back at her mom's place. Yeah, okay. So her mom tells her like I kept your old room exactly the same. You can move back in whatever you want and she tells her like no. I I don't want to. I'm happy living by myself. And we find out there was something extremely traumatic that she experienced with her mom that has made her, like, she does what her mom says, and she's following, like, the path that her mom has set her on, but she doesn't want to do things for her mom. She wants to be independent, and so there seems to be some level of abuse. We know that her mom uh, was, she had, like, rage issues and she assaulted somebody. And we also know that, uh, I can't remember the official term for it, but she was born with both sets of genitals. So she's both a man and a woman. And she identifies with the female side. But we see when Angela was younger, uh, her mom more identified with the male side of her. So it was her dad when she was a little kid, and now she's her mom. Yeah. So we see that during that transition, she went through a bad phase of rage. So there was likely a situation of abuse that Angela went through. And that's when she decided to move out on her own. Because, well, she had her own money. She was a child celebrity. Yeah. And at this point, she it seems like she's doing music just so she could hold on to that fame. But we find out later that she just genuinely wants to sink. She wants the music to be something that she can connect with, that can be her. She doesn't just want to do soda commercials or be that girl that used to be a famous model or anything like that. She wants to express herself. And we get to see that in the final song that she sings in the last episode, which is absolutely one of my favorite songs of the show. Yeah. And we do find out that even though the AI is writing her music, the AI is tapping into her own emotional drive the same way that, as we mentioned, composers tend to do with the singers and performers that they want to work with. They don't just write a song and let somebody buy it. They write the song with the intention of it being sung by a specific person. Yeah, which is kind of how it was for her. Like, yeah. the, 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 the programmer, I guess you'd call him, mm-hmm. of the AI she's using, you know, he's he's kind of arrogant. He's kind of a prick, mm-hmm. but like, 
not the kind you hate. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but but he does... He, what was, where was I going with this? <laughs> Train went off the rails. It did. It absolutely fell apart. So so he just like he he did. He he made the AI and she he has her go in and do like various different tests and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it even mentions in like during the American Idol, you know, part of the the series that he approaches her he's like hey instead of writing instead of singing this song that you were going to sing this other one yeah you know it'll appeal to the judges more it'll make you stand out more yeah so like he he claims that he doesn't understand humans but he does but more on like a mathematical level like he can understand how people will think and he tells her like the reason she's going on the show, even though she has, like, a huge contract, like, her investors are willing to spend, like, I th- what was it, like? $12 million. $12 million to make her a singer, and they put her on, like, basically American Idol. Yeah. They they spend $12 million to put her on a singing competition show. And he tells her, like, this is our strategy. We don't want to just rain advertisements on people because people can see through that. We want to put you in the spotlight with all these ordinary people and... Everybody will have your song stuck in their head before you even become a celebrity. And it's kind of maniacal. And, like, the first time you see it, you're just kind of like, wow, okay, I hope she fails because this seems kind of schemy and rotten. But I think by the time you hear her music, you're just kind of like, I don't want her to fail anymore. Yeah, like, you kind of cheer for everyone a little bit i yeah. think you know? i especially uh cheer for the mermaid sisters <laughs> right they were robbed i'm just yeah, saying they were <laughs> mermaid sisters. <laughs> uh, it's sad that the mermaid sisters was like the only part of the show that got memed yeah okay so there's one part during the auditions so everybody like knows that music video they got memed a little bit. It was like, oh, like <laughs> they make fun of that in the show. Yeah, but they say it's native Martian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so funny and ridiculous. <laughs> oh, as probably one of my favorite parts of the show <laughs> just because i i actually loved how they did the auditions too because it really was like american idol where people are there again not to sing songs they're there to be personalities and get their five minutes of fame and one woman she comes in and she's like you know like this you know not elderly but she's definitely like past middle age and she's like oh my mother died and i wanted to sing this song for her and she starts to like what was it like metal or something like that she just starts belting out, like, screaming. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> the auditions are fantastic. They really are. I think also one of my favorite parts is when Carol and Tuesday first get a manager, he starts, like, bragging about, like, his repertoire. And he I starts... know, he's like, oh, yeah, I, I was the one who brought this person into popularity. I think my favorite one was he mentioned that he worked for Bruno Mars. Yeah, right? And they're like, who the hell is Bruno Mars? <laughs> Which just goes to show how far in the future it takes place. There was one point, I think, also the reference, like, Michael Jackson and, like, several other, like, major celebrities. And they're like, do you know who that is? Like, Yeah. 
I think uh, even the references to Jewel because there is a real singer named Jewel. Yeah, I think so. So, like, uh, each episode is also named after a classic song. Are they? Yeah. I, I didn't even notice. Yep, every episode is named after a classical song. Like, uh, one of the episodes is called uh, Video Killed the Radio Star. Nice. Yeah, so the episode names are very, very fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to uh, pay more attention to that. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't notice. Like, I probably noticed subconsciously, but it just didn't register. Yeah. Oh, it's the AI. Her AI is a rabbit called Aladdin. It just... And all it does is hop around her apartment and go, Angela! 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 Angela. <laughs> it just... Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, the alarm clock AI is an owl, and I love him. I know, right? He's the best. So yeah, we we kind of see that AI. It, men- it mentions one of the job that jobs that Carol takes is a uh, uh, a- AI, AI walker. walker. Yeah. So so all of these like AI pets, she's just out there like trying to walk them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so AI basically do everything from like they're basically pets to employees to like the big one being composers. Uh, they run the trains. They basically do everything that is either kind of like a you know invisible job that people don't want to do to like big things anything uh, that can't be done specifically by they, a human they act as bodyguards <laughs> they act as bodyguards yeah we see like the dalek like bodyguard yeah ais uh yeah there's there's a lot they're everywhere so I really love uh, the different challenges that the characters have to face, too, in becoming musicians. And we see them taking different strategies. The first one is to go through a famous DJ to get like their name out there. And that introduces us to one of the major key characters. Erdogan! Erdogan, who is one of the biggest celebrities on Mars. And uh, freaking Erdogan. He definitely takes the approach of like how these girl like how challenging these girls' path is going to be because he assumes that they're just using connections to try to force their way into the industry and that there's nothing sincere about them. He's like, Why would I help a couple nobodies who are just trying to take a shortcut way into getting into this industry instead of working for it? Yeah. And then he even like suggests like, or are you guys are just trying to sleep your way up. Like And he's definitely takes a very negative approach to, to, to which, how he handles it. To but. which, you know, these two, with uh, especially Carol, with her bad temper, suggesting she wants to sleep her way up the ranks. It was actually Tuesday who lost her temper. But yeah, they go crazy and basically start a fire in his house. Yeah, again, that was Tuesday. Carol's actually even surprised that Tuesday does it. <laughs> oh, good times. But, uh... Continually, he ends up being like, I don't want anything to do with those girls. I never want to see those girls again. And unfortunately, one of the people that's trying to help them out is has really good ties with Erdogan. Oh, uh, yeah. We also see them try to make a music video in which they end up blowing so- up Erdogan's car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Poor Erdogan. The the kid that has his connections to Erdogan too is like a huge weeb. He's, he's like a huge weeb. Like when they're making their music video, he has his his uh, limited edition like 
mecha, you know, <laughs> figures. figures. And they he's have, like, like oh. serial numbers, and there's only, like, a limited print of them. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, be very careful with these. And, of course, they break they them. They get destroyed. <laughs> I think they tied him to a rocket, and that's what blew up Erdogan's car. <laughs> Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, good times. The music video episode was great. <laughs> I I love Roddy though. I think my favorite part is uh, they wanted to do like a thriller, and so the AI that was making the music video is like, we need two hundred and fifty dancers. And yeah, like, they they <laughs> hire this AI to to which you know the AI is like, oh well, what do you want in your music video? And they just start naming and they a just bunch start of random naming shit. all sorts of different shit, and like Roddy's like, I want it to be anime. Yeah, you know. <laughs> And and they're like, oh, well, what about zombie thriller? And what about this? And, you know, like, just a ton of different shit. And then the manager's like, yeah, that's a bit too much. Maybe we should narrow it down a little. And the AI's and like, the we AI's, can do it. And the AI goes, we can do it. We just need this, 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 and a six-pack of beer. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently the robot functions on beer, just like Futurama robots. <laughs> yes. Uh, my favorite part, though, is like, we need 250 dancers. And they're like, oh, we didn't get 250 dancers. We just have Rodney. He's like, okay, well, then you're going to have to dance 250 times. 250 times. <laughs> Oh, that episode is so great. Like, the first half of the show is very, very episodic. Like, it it does go in order, but you could... Each episode has, like, its own beginning, middle, and end. And then we get into the actual concert. See, this episode's called Fire and Rain. Oh, okay. Yeah, by James Taylor. So, yeah. Uh, when we get to the actual, like, American Idol concert show part of the series it does take on a bit more like okay you need to watch all of this but again like the whole episode on the cons or on the show takes place in the actual episode of the show which i thought worked really well because it meant that we weren't getting like major cliffhangers so yeah also i liked all of the music they did oh yeah like well Except maybe the old men singing, like, death metal. I even liked them. I liked them personally. I'm not a big fan of death metal. Yeah, the song wasn't great. Uh, I did like them, though. Yeah. I really, really liked the weird spiritual girl. I liked her music. Yeah. I... The one who's connected to the universe when she sings. I will say something really kind of funny, though. Like, if you actually watch, like, a lot of, like, those singing competition shows... They nailed the judges. Like, certain things, like, when somebody really talented gets kicked off the show, there's always one judge that's like, if this had been any other season, you would have won. Yeah. And they actually do that in the show. Yep. Like, there's always that one judge that's just like, man, I thought you were going to take it. I thought this was your competition. I was rooting for you. I was rooting for you. And if this had been any other situation, you would have been a star. I'm so sorry. Keep pushing forward. Keep doing your duty. You you do you, man. You'll make it somewhere else someday. And then you never hear from that person ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I really like they kind of took the similar approach between, like, American Idol and America's Got Talent. Like, it kind of felt like a merging of those two shows. Yeah, because it's like, it's, it's a singing competition, but they're also basically judging personalities. Yeah, I will say, as a singing competition, the format they did the show would never work in an actual singing competition show. Where they basically did it tournament style, where everybody went one against one until... Yeah, one on one. Until there was only two people left. 
and then they had to go one against one, and they did it bracket style, and it's like, that would never work in a singing competition, because people would be pissed if, like, two completely different genres got popped up, and their favorite genre didn't make it. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, Carol and Tuesday's one opponent, who fused opera and rap. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, to go up against their very like melodic, simple, like, simple, you know... Piano and guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And realistically, there would be no way to judge those two opponents against each other. And the reason they use in the show for Carol and Tuesday moving forward is that the guy who did opera rap lied about his backstory, which has nothing to do with singing. Yeah, like I said, that's they're, the only they're, reason he's they're not only judging the singing, they're also judging personality. Yeah, so I kind of feel like he was a bit robbed, honestly. I felt like that was a bit like, the, of course the protagonists are going to move on. It's called Carol and Tuesday, not whatever his name was. Uh, yeah, really, the show should be called uh, DJ Erdogan. DJ Erdogan, yeah. <laughs> Just, just because of how much Erdogan talks about Erdogan. DJ Erdogan. Carolyn Erdogan. Maybe DJ Erdogan should compete in DJ Erdogan's Carolyn, singing competition because DJ Erdogan Carolyn is just, Tuesday he's and DJ Erdogan. Erdogan. <laughs> I also really liked, uh, they weren't part of the singing competition, but they were part of like the bigger concert. Uh, it's like a rock band that I think they also do metal or something, but... Their singer is so self-conscious on the stage that he has to be completely wasted to get on stage, but his drinking actually makes his personality very difficult to work with. Yeah. Because he tends to do things like burn down the stage or cause riots. Like, there was one point where so, it so mentioned his hotel key didn't work. So he burned down half the hotel, and it turns out he was going to the wrong door. Yeah. Uh, so that was a music festival. Yeah. Uh, very common. And they had uh, Carol and Tuesday covering back up for him. Yeah, and then... So so they that, got the up there, they went to do powerful. one song, and then he comes out, I guess he he uh, grew up and, you know, got gained enough courage to go out and get on stage. Yeah. I'd also like to point out uh, this show didn't make a Banksy reference. I did see that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, DJ Erdogan's mansion. So there's a story behind this uh, Banksy painting. And a lot of people think it was a political stunt. A lot of people think it was actually a very genuine thing. But uh, supposedly Banksy has this policy that nobody can own his art. And so there was a painting of his that was put up for auction and as soon as the final bid went through, the it was revealed that the picture frame was actually a paper shredder, and it destroyed the artwork. We see that piece of artwork hanging up shredded in Erdogan's mansion. Yeah, it's like half shredded. Yeah. Which is what the art piece did. They, they, they were able to stop the paper shredder, but not before it got halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> so the supposedly the whole art piece was... Not necessarily the painting itself, but the fact that Banksy pre-installed a paper shredder into it. Okay, but, like, either he's an engineer, which I could believe, mm -hmm. or he knows an engineer. Yeah. Because to to 
construct a paper shredder inside an art frame without it being really noticeable. That's why a lot of people think it was a political stunt or publicity stunt because a lot of people are like any like any like kind of inspector of art would have immediately noticed that uh, a lot of like major art pieces have to go through like metal detectors and they have to be like thoroughly examined before they go up to auction so a lot of people are like there's no way Banksy actually installed a paper shredder into his artwork like that without anybody noticing yeah so it it was definitely like intentionally done that way like i i don't even think the person who bid on it actually ended up having to spend the money on it i the whole thing felt like a stunt just just a stunt of for banksy to be like hey look you you can't can't have this yeah you can't own my art man art's not meant to be owned it's meant to be enjoyed yeah so (laughs) i like that the fact that that story is referenced in carolyn tuesday though makes everything super and again it points out the fact that they're just like what the fuck is this like, they're like, I guess that's expensive. Like, I don't know. It seems weird. And, uh, yeah. Like, they don't know the story like behind Carol it. Like, Carol and Tuesday walk past it, and they're just like, <laughs> do you get this? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... I, I like a lot of the art references made throughout this show, either through musicians or artists or pop culture or various things that shows the age of these characters. <laughs> Damn generation whatever they are, because <laughs> they can't be Z. They can't be Z. And nothing comes after Z. Uh, double A. <laughs> Goddamn generation double X. Uh, they, they'd probably be known as the AI generation. The AI generation. Just, just yeah. because AI is so prevalent in this world. That makes sense. <laughs> The Martian generation. The Martian generation. <laughs> Let me sing you a song of my people. And it came... <laughs> it can't be too far in the future either if uh, their manager has worked with Bruno Mars. Yeah. So this has to be fairly new in the future. Like, maybe, like, two or three generations from now, if that. That even seems, like, a little bit too long. Uh, well, you'd be surprised how fast I, I guess if people... maybe he worked with Bruno Mars as Bruno Mars was old, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. Um, like I said, you'd, you'd also be surprised how fast people will forget, uh, like, how a new generation can forget an older artist just yeah, like just like, like how recently everyone is like who the heck is ozzy osbourne ozzy osbourne's gonna be famous because he was mentioned by a who was it i don't even remember yeah some modern celebrity mentioned yeah. ozzy osbourne and they're like wow how lucky is this ozzy guy yeah being mentioned by somebody so famous and and like you think about that ozzy's pretty much like our parents generation so yeah so really for for an artist to basically be forgotten just two generations later yeah i would even argue that a lot of ozzy is our generation yeah that's true like i mean he did do that reality show with his family when we were in high school (laughs) yeah and i know like his kids were supposed to be like our generation but they really weren't our generation cared more about ozzy than his kids it's true so i don't know if his kids were bad just 
no nobody really cared too much they about just, their careers. They were just. They were just. I guess you. No one could relate to them. Yeah, is the thing. Uh, how could you relate to somebody whose dad is Ozzy Osbourne? Though? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> To be fair, the uh, AI that did their music video, they really should have caught all the warning signs. It cost like 14 bucks and had a one-star rating on Amazon. Yeah. Y- y- you'd think it'd be- do better. Yeah. But hey, they catch him and ship him back. They get their <laughs> refund. <laughs> and then he tries to audition for the singing t- competition. <laughs> right? Oh, I also love, like, the ad for the the Amazon for their AI. It's just like, I can do everything. I can write the song. I can film. I can do this. I can do that. Mm -hmm. You'll never have to do anything. And it's like, I don't know. One star and only 14 bucks. Right? Um, I also like how quickly things get delivered. It was like, because it's the Amazon drones, it was like, what, like an hour before their package showed up? Yeah. Yeah. I just love the owl alarm clock. I do, too. I, I love one. that owl alarm <laughs> clock. It's fantastic. Like, I would absolutely get one. It kind of reminds me of, like, that uh, all-robotic hotel in Japan. Yeah. With the Velociraptor uh, bellhop. The bellhop. Yeah. No, he's not a... He's a... Uh, he's at the reception table. Yeah. But I yeah, want. Either, I want to go to way. the robot Japanese hotel. I do too. That you be really fun. do get an alarm clock that's an AI. Like every room has their own personal AI alarm clock, and you can set wake up calls or you could call room service and stuff. And you can even set like uh, how cute your AI is. You could either have them like kind of talk normally, or you could have them talk like super like adorable. Uh, AI do operation mode lolly. Yeah, and it could speak. Uh, like basically any language so like if you're not a native japanese speaker or if you don't understand japanese you could set it to english or chinese or korean or whatever yeah it's probably a really expensive hotel but goals i want to stay there one day i want to meet velociraptor receptionist yeah i don't know about the price on that yeah it sounds interesting (laughs) i'd go I'd go too. Yeah. I'm just I'm just thinking like they don't really have to pay employees per se. They have to pay people to take care of the AI. Yeah. But that's a lot less than the number of AI that would be taken by human jobs. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, back to Carol and Tuesday. Uh This series is one that's interesting because I think when it first was came out because it was Studio Bones and because it was such an interesting premise and the music and the animation and the characters were all so fantastic. This was one that was up there with being anime of the year. This was the one everybody's like, keep your eyes on the series. This is going to be anime of the year. This this is anime of the year quality. Yeah. Like you're you're going to want to watch this. And just like how everyone was with Violet Evergarden. Yeah. Violet Evergarden did get nominated, though, and probably would have won had it been handled better, and I think that that same situation is going to be happening with Carol on Tuesday, where it was released the same day as The Dark Crystal. Uh, right now, everybody in the anime community is still talking about Demon Slayer. It's been, like, well over a month since the popular episode 19, and people are still talking about it. 
like, I... I was mentioning that I thought the Crunchyroll Awards were going to be the Shield Hero Awards. I genuinely think it's going to be the Demon Slayer Awards. It's it's looking that way. Yeah. I think... But unfortunately, because of that, because Carol and Tuesday just happened to come out during the middle of that chaos, and during one of the most anticipated Netflix shows of the year, it very, very much got swept under the rug. Yeah, it didn't get to build itself up alongside Demon Slayer. Yeah. Like, it came out on television the same time, because it's still airing, just like Demon Slayer is, but Demon Slayer also didn't get, like, blow up until that episode 19. Yeah. So, so Carol and Tuesday wasn't able to build up that steam during that first crucial part. I think the one advantage Carol and Tuesday is going to have with the Netflix platform is that the second half of Carol and Tuesday will likely be coming out. I don't think we have an official release date, but it'll likely be coming out just weeks before the Crunchyroll Awards. Like, before we get those nomination lists. Mm-hmm. So what we're probably going to see is... Carol and Tuesday getting a lot of discussion and hype right as the Crunchyroll Awards start. So hopefully that will be enough to get it some nominations because I do think it deserves, in the very least, uh, best score. Maybe not winning best score, but it at least deserves it. And I do think that it does have fantastic characters, I think. Depending on who you consider the protagonist, you could consider Carol and Tuesday as a whole the protagonist. That could be a good qualifier for Best Protagonist of the Year. And I think uh, Angelope would absolutely qualify for Best Antagonist of the Year. Yeah. Not because she's evil or bad, but because she does stand out as this rival character. Yeah, she's she's not even, like, the villain. She doesn't really do anything bad, but it's it's like they're, they're obviously not necessarily working together like like they're like you said they're rivals you know they're they're doing the same work in the same field both to try to be number one basically yeah and i think if you remove the superficial element of the best or best girl category angela could absolutely be nominated for that category as well because i do know from the second part that hasn't come out yet, there was one scene in particular that really blew up and that was one of Angela's performances. And I did see part of it on, uh, I think it was Instagram. And I will say that the little bit I saw made me super excited for the second half of the show. I think Angela is definitely the standout character and is probably the fan favorite in this show. And I really would like to see her get some kind of credit in the Crunchyroll Awards. I unfortunately don't think she's going to. Which is such a shame. Yeah. I also would like to see the music from this show get some kind of recognition. Again, maybe not necessarily the score, but if we got like a best like musical number. Because we have had a few anime this year that have had music <laughs> uh so in interestingly there there doesn't seem to be like a lot of musicals in yeah. anime whereas like here with american cartoons a lot of american cartoons have music heavily tied into them yeah but i can think of three right away that had really fantastic musical numbers uh, one being this show, one being a Gretzko, 
and the third I'm gonna we're gonna be talking about next week. So yes, but I I would like to see some kind of recognition for at least the song uh, "The Loneliest Girl," which just sounds like the most edgy like teenage heartthrob song ever. Like this is the kind of song that like every like fifteen year old girl listens to. It's like this song is about me. Uh, <laughs> touched my soul. But it's absolutely fantastic. It is. Um, and they mentioned that is the first song that they've they've wrote written together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it even goes on, like, how they wrote it. Like, uh, Carol was playing her piano on a bridge when Tuesday came across her. And then Tuesday basically wrote what she thought the song felt in her diary and she's like let's let's do this let's turn this into a song yeah so i really like a lot of the kind of backstories that we get with some of even the more side characters and it's not like we get like typical anime tropes where there's an entire episode just dedicated to somebody's backstory as like oh well i like this character now but instead it's like kind of introduced in very subtle ways like the manager's ex-wife is working in the music industry as a costume designer for, like, music videos and television and stuff like that, and we found out their divorce was pretty bad and it was really heated, and they stopped talking to each other for a long time, but now they're kind of at a point where they're friends, and she even says, like, well, he was actually a very, like, attractive guy in his youth, but now he's a bit better. Like, he's gained a lot of weight and he's lost a lot of hair and he might not be, like, that stud that I knew back then, but he's a better person. And we find out that she tells him, like, you know, the reason things didn't work out back then was my fault because I was trying to discover myself. And he's like, oh, like, thinking it kind of leads up to this idea, like, maybe they might get back together. But then she's like, I'm getting married. And she's like, I discovered who I am and I'm finally happy. And we see the person she's getting married to is a woman. So the reason their marriage didn't work out wasn't because either of them were bad people. It's because... She was gay. Yeah. And hadn't realized it yet. And it was such a great way to kind of go into the manager's backstory a little bit, a bit of his personal life, without, again, shoving it down our throats or making us feel like we have to connect with him. He just feels like a real person with a real history. Yeah, I feel this show does that really well, as it it's not... Like you said, it it doesn't just be like throw a whole episode of backstory at someone and be like, here, love this person. Have the feels. You know, it's it really is just a like everyone kind of feels more natural. Yeah. The last time I saw it done that well was honestly Cowboy Bebop. So, yeah, just to give you guys a perspective of how much I genuinely enjoy how they write this show. Because Cowboy Bebop's a classic, and it did that very similar thing. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll definitely be talking more about the show after the second half comes out. Especially because, from what I understand, the second half goes far more in-depth into their, like, careers and character arcs. And, again, Angela has become a huge fan favorite in the second part. And I'm... Very, very excited about it. So. But I think we will wrap up the episode soon. Carol and Tuesday is fantastic. The music's fantastic. The animation's fantastic. The characters are fantastic. Yes. 
uh, wasted on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Literally, my only complaint about this is the pacing. And again, I think the pacing wasn't designed for a binge show. I think you could binge Dr. Stone, and you can binge Demon Slayer, and you can binge a lot of popular anime this season. You can't binge Carol and Tuesday. Yeah, so... Like, if you haven't seen the show yet, just take your time with it. Yeah. Don't don't feel like you need to watch every episode at the same time. Yeah. Let it breathe. So, um... Let it... Let it... Let it age like a fine wine <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't even say that far i would just say maybe limit yourself to one or two episodes a day yeah so the first few episodes aren't as bad because like i said they're very episodic but yeah or just binge the whole thing in one day like we did i don't care whatever it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's up to you but we're saying it's not but necessary that, like i said that really is my only criticism of this show is it just it felt like their emotions were a bit too bipolar. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, with that, again, this is going to be kind of a two-parter. We will be talking about another really popular musical anime next week. And if you guys have been following along with the seasonal anime, you probably already know what anime we're going to be talking about. Uh, but for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, you get to sit on that for a week. Enjoy. Yes. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.